As we stand at the precipice, feeling the heat on our faces from the dumpster fire our country has devolved into, sometimes an escape is necessary. And sure, meth will do that for you, but maybe, just maybe, dating horror stories from someone else's romantic fuckery might be better for your health. Surely your dentist would agree. So, laugh, cry, blush from secondhand embarrassment, and revel in a playground of mishaps that just might help you forget. Welcome to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles. Y is for... Yikes. Aren't we all looking for the fairy tale? I think it's rational to assume everyone has a their version, their unique details that paint the perfect picture, the ideal. But I believe the general concept exists in all of us. For some, the fairy tale is on the tip of the tongue, ready to be spewed over any innocent bystander. For others, it's buried more deeply, hidden, out of sight, rarely called upon except in quiet solitude. I'm usually ready to spew certain details at any hour, while some sit quietly under the surface, dormant for the right moment. I'm not sure the moment I'm waiting for, but there they sit, quietly. Allowing them to bubble to the surface more readily might be beneficial, might be helpful in giving the universe a clear direction towards the things I want, need. Perhaps it would have kept me from another run-in with the Ken doll, but you never can be too sure. He never deserved another chance. I'm still not exactly sure how he manipulated himself one, but that's life, I suppose. Well, not actually life. At least not the life of someone who can even remotely sense when they're face-to-face with a sociopath, but (laughs) details. (laughs) Well, important details. Details that can keep you from interactions with law enforcement, but, you know, details nonetheless. To be honest... We never really stopped seeing each other. Not actually. Of course, I pulled back after his insane behavior, engaging at arm's length. But we never got the clean break we both deserved. I think he sensed it because he was suddenly on good behavior. Good enough behavior that he somehow talked me into dinner and a show. It was his last chance. His last chance to prove all his lies and manipulation right. Would he be able to turn on the charm? Leverage all the unspoken details of my fairy tale? Nope. The idiot was half in the bag and combative before his ass even hit the seat. Great. If I hadn't paid for the tickets, I would have left before the appetizers showed up. What was this dude's deal? What was my deal? We stumbled through dinner, successfully avoiding any real landmines. Only general discomfort and awkwardness. Making it to the theater just before the lights dimmed. I was finally able to relax, able to settle into the dark stillness of a Broadway house, able to ease into the final resolution of this fucked-up romantic entanglement. And then he cuddled into me. He cuddled deep into my nook and cried quietly as we watched moments from our youth played out on stage, moments that built us into the messes we are today. The show was touching, I couldn't deny that. And ignorantly, we both indulged our gay, maudlin predispositions, at least as they related to the ever-painful high school experiences of queer millennials. 
It melted my resolve and allowed the Ken doll to waltz his way back into my good graces. It was just like the waltz from Cinderella, only epically fucked. There was just something about him, something about the the sweet, touching story we were watching unfold before us that wooed me into submission. Now, not completely. I'm not a total idiot, even though all evidence points to the contrary, but enough lulling to convince me to grab cheesecake with him after the show. Fine, I thought. What could cheesecake hurt? (laughs) Welp. (laughs) Turns out a lot. We got there and immediately he stole someone's reservation. They called for Stephen, party of two, and he waltzed up to the hostess and said, Yep, that's me. His, uh, his name is not Stephen. Bright red, I slunk behind him and the hostess to our table. What just happened? Who, who does that? Who steals other people's reservations? I mean, I guess the Kindall does, but like, is this a thing? Did I miss this in some New York survival guide I clearly passed over? I don't think I've even heard people talk about this. Not in hushed, giddy whispers, not boastfully, not ever. Like, this is not a thing, right? Like, not a thing. Before I could open my mouth to address what happened, he ordered coffee and metaphorically slapped me across the face with his aggressive smugness. Uh, that was weird. What was? His head swiveled, teetering in my vague direction as his eyes attempted to focus. Uh, He was drunk. Uh, the way you lied to the hostess? That? Oh, I do that all the time. We would have been standing there all night. Um, hmm. Still doesn't seem right. Oh, shut up. You're welcome for getting us a table. Just then the waiter dropped off the coffee and some cheesecake. Apparently I hadn't been paying attention while he'd ordered himself some. Good thing I didn't want any. Dick. Did did you really order that before seeing if I wanted anything? He picked up his fork, dug it into the cheesecake, and looked me dead in the eyes while lobbing a thick, creamy bite all over his tongue. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I went to stand up. Oh no, you're not. I'm going. You've been a real dick. What the fuck? I stood to go. Oh, oh, I'm not paying for this. At this point, I noticed the wait staff was starting to hover. Oh, Lord. They were afraid we were going to ditch the check. That was it. This guy was officially out of the picture. I suppose I wish I'd shouted my fairy tale dreams and desires from the rooftop, but I don't think it actually would have mattered. I think there's no way he could have delivered what I needed. He wasn't even able to make it through cheesecake. (laughs) Whatever, dude. At this point, we were both standing. I just wanted it to be done. The waiter was to my right, anticipating some sort of dine-and-dash tomfoolery. I pointedly handed him my credit card, embarrassed for the chaos that was orbiting me, and threw my wallet on the table in frustration. The Kendall circled around my right and ended on my left, spewing some sort of slurred insult I didn't care to make out. To be honest, I'm not exactly sure where this shift in attitude had come from. He constantly flung me from quiet connection to turbulent discord. It was exhausting. I ignored him and turned to my right, hoping the waiter would have returned in an amount of time I knew was impossibly little. No luck. But before I could wallow in my self-imposed misfortune, I saw something 
almost animalistic out of the corner of my eye. I turned, though not quick enough, to see him lunging at the table. I immediately knew what was happening, but I couldn't get to the end point of the lunge in time. The Kendall was going for my wallet. Slam! He hit the table and immediately clutched my wallet tightly in his little paw. He looks like a rabid possum. Instinctively, I grabbed his wrist. <laughs> that little bitch screamed like I was the aggressor here. I let go of him immediately, not wanting anyone to think I was attacking him. I took a breath in to confront his idiocy when the waiter stepped up to my right. I turned. I had the Kindle with my wallet to the left and my credit card to the right. I didn't know what to do. Which one did I go for? The Kindle took advantage of my momentary hesitation and bolted out the door. I should have followed him, but my card! I didn't know what was right, so I said fuck it and stayed with the bill. I signed the receipt and overtipped the poor waiter, then left the restaurant as quickly as I could, both to get my wallet, but also to get as far away from the monolithic embarrassment this evening had become. I'd seen him turn right out of the restaurant, so that's the direction I tried first. Luckily, he wanted to be caught, I think. I was behind him in no time, reaching and prodding his entire body in an effort to get my shit back and get out of there. Who steals someone's wallet? This wasn't the chase scene I had in mind when I envisioned my fairy tale. There was nothing as fraught as this. The chasing was supposed to be into the bedroom, or I don't know, in, in a field? Unclear, but, but never was there a chase scene that involved stolen property. I finally felt it in one of his pockets. I grabbed for it. And stop touching me! Get your hands off of me! How was he making himself the victim here? This was actual insanity. Who does this? Give me back my wallet. I don't have it, you crazy asshole! Was he serious right now? Just as I was trying to find another path into his crazy, I looked up and saw a cop half a block east. Perfect. Officer! Officer, this man stole my wallet. Immediately, my wallet shot into the air as the Kendall held it above his head. He's a liar. Here's your wallet, you psycho. <laughs> Yikes. I was stunned. I opened my mouth to say something, but nothing came out. The officer saw how distraught I was. He tried to ask me something, but the Kendall bust in, bogarting the conversation. Guys, he cut him off. You need ten minutes. Just chill for ten minutes, and then come back together and you can figure out what's next. Great, I said, and began marching head down towards the train. Somewhere in the distance, I heard the officer detain the Kendall. Something about giving me some space. And that's exactly what I needed space. I needed enough mental space to forget he existed, forget how insane he was. I needed physical space to free my body from him. Running to the train, I created digital space by blocking him on every app I could imagine. I deleted our text messages and blocked his number, hoping, praying I could get rid of him for good. I guess there are advantages to keeping the details of your fairy tale to yourself. But then you're the only one who knows the intended trajectory. You're beholden to crazy editors who have a different set of priorities, different goals. Clearly, some of these boys have completely different stories they're planning to write. And unless you're willing to be vulnerable and own the story you want to create, you become a disposable character in theirs. It's hard. Uncomfortable sometimes, but I think it's the only way. Otherwise, you find yourself without your glass slippers, walletless, with the NYPD detaining your date. Here's to Prince Charming. 
Thank you for listening to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles, the podcast that's 100% true, except when it's not. Essays are written by Cole Grissom, inspired by real events, but rest assured, if a character resembles you in any way, I promise you're wrong. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, share, tell your friends, your frenemies, your bad dates, your good dates, the guy in the alley you're planning on giving a handy to later tonight. Tell them all. Until next time, friends. <laughs>